Yes, it is objectively cheaper to run Macs, and even though you think you do, you don't own your media. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Incogni. Don't let companies exploit your personal information. Visit incogni.com slash macvoices and find out how to protect yourself. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, it's Mac Voices Live, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time it is, wherever you are. We are in the chat room at youtube.com slash TV, where you could be actually seeing us, too, if you are live with us. And if not, don't worry. You'll hear from us later as these shows get edited and dropped into the Mac Voices feeds. Uh, we do this every Tuesday, so if you forgot to do it tonight or as you're listening to this, the next Tuesday coming up, we're bound to be here, too. A number of things we want to talk about tonight, so we're just going to dig in and get to it, um, introduce the panel, and then we'll roll. Uh, so, as usual, David Ginsburg is up in the top of my screen at the top left. David, good to have you, as always. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Chuck. It's, uh, yes, always looking forward to a Tuesday night and having some fun chatting about uh, all kinds of things happening. Seems like it's never a dull moment each week. Yeah, it, you know, we do have sometimes slow weeks, but we never have a dull week. Yeah. So, and if we if it is, we make it up anyway as we go. Mm -hmm. Speaking of make, speaking of making it up, Jim Ray is here um, with a yeah. I don't know what that means either, Jim. Apparently, an infinite loop background this time around. Uh, are we having a dull moment? Well. No, unless you just <laughs> stare at the camera. Good to see everyone. Good to see you as well. Eric Bolden is here. This time, we don't have any flowers or birds or anything. We have a tree. It's or, not just well, any tree. This, what is that thing? This is the newest bird home high-end rental unit out in the woods. Natural made, you know. It has rain protection at the door. Yeah, you know, it doesn't get any better than this. They're going to so be doing tree B and B. Oh yeah. Well, it, no, it, it's literal Airbnb. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. extra fancy. D did you create that, or is that something that? No, it, it was out there. It's out oh. in the woods. This is from yesterday. Wow. Okay. I was really impressed. I don't know who came up with it, but yeah, it's it's good. Is that man-made? No. Woman-made. I, I think there's a bird that kind of worked on the, the opening a bit, but it was just out there. I was very impressed. We'll see so if... Folks, the, looks I'm like sorry. a UFO. Yeah. Yeah. So, so after the show, folks, you can find Eric wandering in the woods looking for things like this. Um <laughs> Jeff Gambit is here. He's not wandering in the woods. He's right here with us where he should be. Jeff, good to have you. It, it's great to get to hang out with you, Chuck. I have a question for you. Um, since for whatever reason, I cannot post in the, uh, in, in the live chat on YouTube. I couldn't make a comment there. But I'm curious, what do you mean by we tried to get Al Roker but ended up with Dave and Jeff? It, it meant... That just that we ended up with you two uh, talking weather. Good save. 
that's what it was intended. Yeah, that's oh, okay. Pre-show, you were talking, you and Dave were talking about how you had to turn your air conditioning on, and Dave said the heat wave's coming his way. And then Barry said something. Oh, okay. On, so, yeah. It, I, I, I was ready to go pick up Dave, and we were going to swing by your place and <laughs> have a little chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not lost it completely. Okay. I have not lost it completely. Ben Rathig is here, and he hasn't lost it completely either, or maybe he has since he showed up for this. I'm not sure. Ben, good to have you. <laughs> it's good to be here, Chuck. Sure it is, Ben. Sure it is. <laughs> Last but absolutely not least, with another one of his trademark backgrounds, uh, Mr. Mark Fuccio. Mark, great to have you. Uh, this time you're quoting, 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 quoting uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, I believe. Yes. Hello, Chuck and chat room and uh, fellow panel members. Uh, I was listening to a podcast uh, this morning while walking a dog and, uh, you know, so, you know, the somebody, you know, quoted something, you know, Dwight Diaz and Howard said, where he said, you know, intellectual is a man who uses more words than necessary to tell you more than he knows. And uh, it's, it really stood out. And I remembered it, you know, for this afternoon when I was scratching my head, trying to figure out what sort of background I should use and nothing came up based on the stories that we might be discussing tonight, but I remember this quote and here it is. I feel Great. seen. <laughs> okay. Well, the first, the first thing on my agenda tonight is kind of an obvious one, I think. Um, but I do think that we should talk about it. I, Dave, I'm not sure if you, Ben, or who put this in the chat, although in the Slack chat. Um, I did. But, but okay, but I had it on my radar too. Ben, you want to you want to summarize this because it's sort of something that we all already know, uh, or and frequently preach here on Mac Voices. Okay, um, essentially, the uh, University of Kentucky. Uh, yes, this is a good one for all you Wildcats out there. Uh, essentially, they found out why the initial, uh, uh, the initial buy price on Apple hardware was, uh, was, was higher. The cost to run that higher or that hardware turned out to be significantly cheaper because of efficiencies and uptime. Of course, Dave would be able to explain the ins and outs of this better than I would, but I found it really interesting. Dave, I'm anxious to hear your take on this particular story because we've had these stories before uh, hmm. about educational institutions. I know you've made the point plenty of times here about various large companies that you wouldn't think would have large Mac installations, and and in fact, they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've talked about it a bunch of times. And I mean... Jamf is the company that pretty much brought up that because of them being their bigger clients, IBM, SAP, Starbucks, Walmart, many of these large corporations. Um, but they go and analyze, you know, what the, what's the ROI on, on, on a Mac, you know, the return on investment? Well, it's it's astronomical. I mean, not only is it the fact that, the, that they have good resale value, they have good support. They have less, as long as, long as your environment's in a, in, a good, in a good place, where some companies are not with Macs. But... Uh, but you 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 definitely find the the fact that uh, a Mac is going to work pretty pretty good, gosh darn good uh, in in the environment, assuming you've got that flexibility. 
most cases, uh, Mac support calls are ver so much, much less uh, of, a, of a prevalence than, than, than a PC call. Because there's, you know, there's bounds, and I see it every day with support calls uh, on, on the Windows side of things. Um, but on the Mac side of things, it's, it's a rarity that you'll see something other than it's the company's doing, you know, something they might have set up that isn't friendly to a Mac. But, uh, but those big corporations I mentioned tend to have, you know, tens of thousands of Macs in their environment. So they must be doing something right because they can keep them supported and have very little of any issue. And you find employees are much happier to have a Mac over a PC only because they, they, they find it to it work better and, and, and it's efficient and they can get their job done, you know, in, in most cases. And, and look, before somebody says it, I know we're all we're all Apple fan and fanboys, right. um, but I also like to think that we can be objective. And when something something else works from another vendor or another platform, we acknowledge it. And it's just this is one of those things that we see constantly. People push back on, gee, those Macs are expensive, but then once they're purchased, you hardly ever hear from from anyone again. Unless it's a legitimate, honest-to-God problem, that isn't to say it's not possible to have a legitimate, honest-to-God problem. Um, but it just seems so much rarer, and and there seem to be so even even with the way we all talk about some of the recent Mac uh, Mac OS upgrades, you think there were always a lot of problems. I know an awful lot of people that just they don't do everything and don't tweak their systems the way we do, and as and so they never even notice some of the issues that we see as large. Well, I'll also go back and say, you know, a Windows machine can be very inefficient. Intel processors don't do a very good job of managing processing speeds and, and, and the CPU cycles. Uh, memory management is, is just can be very horrible, especially in the Windows. Windows doesn't just, does, is not a very good job of managing it. But you also have applications, particular applications. Any companies have applications that probably could be resource hogs, but they don't, they weren't written properly. You know, they, they, they tend to not, uh, uh, they cut down on battery life on, on laptops. They, uh, the machines are very slow. Uh, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to say Macs are perfect either, but I tend to not see that issue of what I just described on a Mac when you do versus a PC only because of that reason. I think, you know, apps are a little differently de developed. I mean, uh, Jim can speak on developers on development side of things. I don't know. He doesn't develop on, on windows. I don't think, but, uh, that, there are developers out there with the applications that just tend to not be very good when it comes to that. Jim, you want to jump in with any thoughts? Uh, I have developed, <clears throat> excuse me, in Windows in the past, it was, it was pretty awful. But um, that was a while ago. So that was basically Win32. So, you know, I'm not sure what it's like now. They have different tools. But um, um, my guess is it's still probably a lot worse. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know. On this topic, I kind of thought, like, it seems like bouncing the rubble. Like, is anybody really arguing that, you know, oh, people shouldn't use Macs and Enterprise? That seems oh, yeah. like that. that Yeah. Plenty of companies out there that don't. Oh, yes. You, you'd be very surprised within the IT community. Yeah, there, I am there's surprised. A, there's in a the thing in the itself. IT community yeah. where, um, um, you know, people go out and they get all these Microsoft certifications. 
Well, the Microsoft certifications tell you that you do everything with Microsoft products, mm -hmm. which means PCs. And that's what you know. But then also that extends on to, do you want job security? Then you need to make sure that uh, that your company has uh, um, products that you are required to be there to uh, to offer support. And th this is a thing that I that I saw come up. Now, granted, this was years ago, back when I was in the consulting space. But it was it was uh, part of that that uh, community, that IT community, where that was a thing. You didn't want Macs in there because they weren't part of the Microsoft certifications you had, and uh, and you needed to have stuff there that that uh, required your support. And I would occasionally come into companies where I'd be uh, an outside consultant hired to to coordinate with the IT department to handle the one department that that they begrudgingly allowed yeah. Max into. So that you know that that wouldn't surprise me in 2005 or 2015, but we're almost at 2024. You don't think that's changed a lot? I mean, I'm not saying obviously there's going to be whole, you know, holdouts, but there's an awful lot. Isn't there an awful lot more of at Apple? I mean, the iPhone kind of, you know, led the wedge and, uh, you know, and, and the flip side is people that are IT people that are, don't want Macs. They're, they're not going to give a rat's patootie about this study either. No, of course they won't. No, no. They're just laughing off. But to be perfectly but, honest, working in a corporate environment, um, I've seen, I've, I've heard a lot of, uh, basically, early two thousands era talking points from IT, uh, within a couple of years. And I, I, Jim, your point is fair. I think they're. I think it has gotten better, but it is still very, very prevalent. And you talk to, because I've, I've talked to enough corporate IT people, I'll just say within the last 24 months. And it's always like, oh, you're, you're an Apple guy. You're a Mac guy. And it's not a compliment <laughs> coming out of no. their mouths. Right. You know, so it's, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm an annoyance, you know, because they either don't understand them, don't want to understand them, or if I really want to dig down, I have to wonder, do they believe that they're a threat of some kind, as as Jeff was alluding to, to their job? So I just, I, I feel like it's important that we bring, you know, we, we bring some of these articles up and folks have checked the show notes, read the article, judge for yourself. You know, if you're in that space, maybe just be informed. Um, Eric, you had a point, and then Mark, I think you're after that. Um, the consistency of of the hardware, I think, makes a huge difference. If you order order a, a a MacBook Air and then you order another MacBook Air, they behave the same. With software on it, you don't have to worry about you know this shipment. It's got one video card. The other shipment has a slightly different video card and a different network card. Um, it's it's all all the same, and and that that makes a huge difference. Uh, same with with the iPads. You know, 
it behaves the same, behaves like a phone. There, you know, there's consistency from device to device. It's not an Android from one vendor, uh, an Android device from another vendor where slightly, there's slight differences. And then you have to test everything in each one of those situations. I think that that makes it a, a positive difference as well. Mark, do you have something that you hope will wrap the, this uh, discussion up? Uh, yeah, two or maybe two and a half points, I guess. The first one is we've discussed this before a year, 18 months, 24 months ago, when there was an IBM study that had uh, similar type of findings that, uh, you know, despite the maybe higher initial capital outlay that over the long term over life of the product, you know, has a much lower, uh, you know, IT support costs because Macs don't suddenly forget how to print like uh, Windows machines, you know, seem to have a common problem doing. Um, and, and then the second thing, I think, you know, sort of addressing points both Jim and Ben are making is that, yes, your corporate culture is very slow to change. But I, I know from my own first experience almost 20 years ago when we first launched uh, the Drobo product, uh, we went to, uh, you know, Microsoft Developers Conference and all sorts of people came by and they're re really, you know, very interested. And you know, we kept getting these questions of when are you going to have a firewire, add firewire to the Drobo? And after after hearing this about, you know, 10 times, I started asking the guys, well, you know, this is a window show, you know, firewires for Macs. Why do you ask? And then this common refrain was, oh, well, at home, I, at home, I use a Mac. You know, I have to use Windows in my, during my J job, but uh, at home, I use a Mac. So you know, I think there is this uh, you know, dichotomy out there. And, you know, for better or worse, you know, corporations are, you know, slow to act and, you uh, you know, if you believe some of the rumors, you know, some of them are still dependent on, you know, software that was built on uh, Internet Explorer version six. So, uh, you know, it's uh, a very diverse world and environment out there. And uh, I, again, when I was at Drobo, I had one customer who bought uh, who bought iMacs because they were beautiful hardware and he would load uh, at, well, at that time, he would load up uh, Windows 7 on them, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> You know, he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't even bother to use parallels. He would just, you know, he would just load Windows 7 on them because it was much better, you know, hardware reliability. So uh, it's, uh, it's a crazy world out there. I'm going to give the last, the last word to the chat room because um, Steve says PC techs love the certification badges after the names. Get a couple of Mac certs too. Yeah, good point, Steve. Um, and Barry says... Uh, the IT department where he's employed is overtly anti-Apple. So it is still out there. And, sure you know, I I don't know that we need to make it a holy crusade or anything like that, but it just be informed and, you know, be able to talk intelligently if and when you are called upon to defend your choice, because it, it should be your choice. What difference does it make if I use a big pen or a cross pen, you know, if I can get the job done? Oh, Chuck, we could talk for hours. <laughs> oh, shoot, I forgot, I forgot you were here, Jeff. I'm sorry. Yes, I know that. <laughs> no pens. It's, yeah. No, no, Seriously, no. Chuck, stone you knives know, and bearskins. Yeah. You know, you know, again, you need to go back and talk about fountain pens and, you know, you know goose quill pens, you know. So, uh, oh, man. yeah, it's crazy world out there. <laughs> time, time machine time. <laughs> this edition of Mac Voices is supported by Incogni. 
Don't let companies exploit your personal information. Visit incogni.com slash macvoices and find out how to protect yourself. The holiday season is here, and you're probably doing much, maybe all of your holiday shopping online. That means you may be giving a great big present to the Grinch in the room, your personal data. All that information is being aggregated by data brokers behind the scenes. Information like your name, social security number, login credentials, online activities like shopping, and more. You can help spoil their plans by using Incogni. Incogni reaches out to data brokers on your behalf, requests your personal data removal, and deals with any objections from the other side. Since many data brokers collect your personal information again after some time, Incogni also takes care that your data stays off the market by conducting repeated ongoing removals. Do it right now. Won't take 10 minutes. Visit incogni.com slash macvoices, create an account, and tell them whose personal data they'll be removing. Also, grant them the right to work for you, of course. Incogni will then contact data brokers on your behalf and request your personal data removal. Finally, kick back with some eggnog and let them do the work. They handle any objections from data brokers and keep you updated on their progress every step of the way. Get your exclusive Incogni deal at incogni.com slash macvoices. It's risk-free with Incogni's 30-day money-back guarantee. Don't let your data be someone else's holiday present. Get Incogni at incogni.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Incogni for supporting macvoices. This one, I'm not quite sure if this is a warning or exactly what this is, but I think it's important maybe to remind folks that if you are are quote-unquote buying um, media off of some websites or some services, that really what it amounts to is you're buying a license to watch it on that service. You're not buying the media itself, and therefore you don't own it. And in the case of what was in the article, um, you can have that right taken away because they just somebody loses a license or the licenses change or they weren't written the pro- properly in the first place. And so even though you've paid it, you may not be entitled to a refund and you may not have access to that content. I haven't read the piece. Is this about the PS5 movie thing? Yep. Ah, well, there you yeah. go. Yeah. So yeah. I, the conclusion of the of the article is, you know, if you if you really want to own it, buy the physical media, which seems even then kind you of, don't own it. Well, you still buy. You're buying a physical license. It, the license just has to be in the shape. It's like a little disc that fits into a slot that you don't have on your computer anymore. But at least you have the option. I mean, okay, your point's well taken, Jeff. <laughs> I, I have point. a bookshelf full of VHS tapes that says physical media ain't forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean. So, so, Jim, do you still have a VHS player? <laughs> I don't know that I have one that would not just eat the tape. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I I hear absolutely what you're saying, and the solution, at least in my mind, or one that will probably last for most of our lifetimes, is get get the the get the license on the with the physical media, then rip it to digital, and then back up the daylights out of it, and hopefully with a little luck, in a format that you will be able to play for a long, long time, or at least as long as you'll ever care to. Mm-hmm. But you know. That's really only for something that I think that's really precious. Uh, you know, when you talk about video, that's expensive. It's big. 
Um, you know, it's it's not free storage, to storage. To is store. cheap. Storage. It's is not. Cheap. It's not that cheap compared to, you know, large amounts of video content. No, it still is. You know, it still is. Um, Jim, all I can say is, I guess it depends on how much you care. You know, how much you care. That's about, what I said. Yeah, whatever it is. You know, and, I mean, if it's some movie, you know, if it's my favorite movie in my in, in my life, then yeah. But you know, it's just some random movie. You know, oh well. I mean, not that people, sh you know, I, I don't approve of them. You know, taking away stuff that you bought, you know, digitally, that's that's not a good thing. But it's just, you know, nothing's forever. So, yeah. But I, Jim, you know, an 18 terabyte hard drive, USB 3, is uh, $288. I mean, that's, you know, that can store, uh, I think, the, you know, I think the technical term is a, a metric uh, ass load of video, you know, so, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know. It uh yes. Well, hey, it's not really that much video. Um, yes, it is. That's an enormous amount of video. I mean, you know, an hour's worth of video is sort of an MP4 is going to be about a you know, uh, depending on encoding and resolution, anywhere from maybe uh you know 500 megabytes to uh you know to 1.5 uh, gigabytes. So, you know, plus that's, that's not a backup. You got to get. Two of them, and have you know oh, okay. one in another location. Oh, okay, well, okay. So you're yeah. you're 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 perfecting the argument, but still, well, you know, it, that you know, we're talking forever. So no, no, okay, you know. yes, we're talking forever, but still, you know, that's a lot better than you know paying you know whatever. I think the article said you know quoted somebody who paid thirty dollars for you know uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, uh, for a video, and then it just poof, it just vanished in smoke. You know, so that's thirty dollars on top of a subscription cost. You know, it, you know, do that. You know, just do the math. You know, uh, you know, ten videos, <laughs> ten vi for ten videos. You know, you'll you know amortize. You know, the the cost of the eighteen terabyte drive. Twenty videos. You have you know the its own backup. You know, so um, you, the economics of Storing your own video is very, 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 very affordable. Well, how many how many people buy twenty you know videos on online services? Is that common? I have a ton of movies that I have bought through through Apple, some through Amazon, I think some through Google as well. I I have um, to. To quote Mark, I have a uh, metric buttload of movies that I've bought digitally. And, um, and think about how many movies all, we all purchased when we were getting away from physical media and buying them on, online before the streaming services became what they are now. I didn't but, do that. Uh, oh. Then maybe you're one of the lucky ones. I don't know. I, I bought a bunch. Yeah, well, you know, I guess it's part of the reason because it so, didn't really, what is, it how, didn't how really do you, feel like owning something, you know. So, to, Jim, just just uh, tell us a little bit. You know how how do you consume media, and uh, you know, is it just is it something you've used disposable, or is it something you want to you know own and be able to go back to and re review? 
Well, I, I would say that, you know, that's kind of changed over my life. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I have a huge collection of physical books and DVDs and VHS tapes, but, you know, I don't really go back and, and, and use those anymore. I'm, I don't really want to get rid of them, but it's kind of a, an albatross at this point. And it's, um, you know, so at this point, I mostly just stream stuff. And, you know, it would have to be something that was just like really like, you know, to say, well, I got to own it at this point because it's just so convenient. Like, you know, wherever I am, I don't have to, you know, I mean, physical stuff, you, it can break. You can lose it. It's just not where, you know, you are. Um, you know, so, you know, it's like mostly I consume stuff like on my iPad or Apple TV and physical media just doesn't really work with that. So, and, and, you know, talking about ripping, I've done some ripping of DVDs. That's a major pain, A, to do it in the first place and then to keep track of it. Jim, okay, so, so this one doesn't affect you. Uh, and, and I, I respect what you're saying. And I, I think, you know, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm strongly like think what, you know, like what Sony has done, it's wrong. This is bad. It's wrong. But it's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm really putting up sort of a straw man of saying physical media isn't really forever either. So, you know, to say, you know, but it should be my choice. Like if I want to be really careful with my physical media, and, you know, make sure that I don't lose it and that, you know, I always have a working device. That's up to me. If Sony decides to do this, that's not up to me. And that sucks. So I'm 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 heartily against that. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to welcome Webb Bixby. Um, Webb, good to see you. I'm glad you were able to make it. Jim's right. I agree with him all the way. <laughs> you weren't even here for what he was saying. <laughs> that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Proxy, proxy. Uh, uh, yeah. I, well, I, I think I'm, I'm very afraid now. Then <laughs> <laughs> you have a point. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, the PlayStation video store is quite frankly, not a very big marketplace for video content. Uh, the same thing with, it's Microsoft equivalent, which was also dropped. Um, but is Warner Brothers Discovery going to not renew their licenses with Google or Apple or who they have valued financial partnerships uh, just to get people on Macs? It's, it just seems like in this case, there wasn't really a fit anymore for that content. I think it's going to be a lot safer on 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 i or well, be Apple uh, TV now, but the old iTunes or I... some or Amazon or the larger players. I, listen, I think you're. I think you're right. You're safer with the larger players, but that doesn't mean that those larger players can't fall from grace, or fall a lot farther than just from grace. So you know, it's 
and how much money i mean jeff i'm not i'm not going to ask you how much money you had you invested in those purchases but i would imagine it's something that you'd prefer not to lose and oh right yeah and now, in, in some cases it's it's because it was actually cheaper to buy the movie for streaming than it was to rent it or uh get a dvd or blu-ray so in so, so i do have some movies that i paid for that i that i consider disposable but for the most part yeah i would be really pissed off if uh if i lost my uh my movie collection eric um physical media is really nice especially for the science fiction people that watch star wars and and star trek and so on uh when you want to go back to an episode and you want to make sure that it didn't get edited to fit within the chunk of time available for broadcast tv where some chunk was cut out where you didn't have a director who said really i can redo this this isn't my vision han should never have shot first but you want to see the original um so it's it's Physical media is, is helpful then. A streaming service might not give you the version you want. Uh, also, just of note, uh, used bookstores are, are great places to get um, DVDs and Blu-ray at a much lower cost than the original retail. And I I, I agree with you. Um, I'm thinking about the way that some of the old uh, cartoons got edited. You know, this is no longer politi politically. Yep. Therefore, it should not be shown. Therefore, you know, it, and and that just, I mean, that just feels like revisionist history that it just goes so wrong. Mark, I'll give you the last point, then we'll move on. Yeah, I think um, depending on how widespread this becomes, you know, it might trigger off you know, another, you know, round of piracy. I can easily see people justifying to themselves, well, I bought this thing and I'm going to go and download via my favorite BitTorrent site. You know, I'm going to download a copy so I own it so that in the event, you know, that, you know, the company I bought it from, you know, takes the license back, I still have a version in my library forever. So I think, you know, these are seemingly heavy-handed tactics, and you know, there's all sorts of technological remedies out there that empower consumers to go out and, you know, say "f you" back to uh, you know the the companies you know that uh, you know they think are abusing them. So we'll have to see how this uh, how this plays out. Yeah, I, I I wish it wasn't the case, but it is there, and so if you are out there and you're depending on one of these services to preserve your absolute favorite movie or two or sh TV show or whatever, maybe take a look at what your alternatives are, you know, and um, we're not certainly not advocating any piracy of alternatives, but any alternatives that you think are, are appropriate and protect your investment. Next time on Mac Voices, the panel talks about why you should check your Plex server settings and why you should be wary of QR codes. I'm Chuck Joyner. I'll see you next time on Mac Voices. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. 
get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices each month. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.